Welcome to the Prenda Family Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Crapo, and the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the components of empowerment in a conversational, inspirational, and real way. And today our guest is Amy Reesing, and we talked with her last week about self-compassion, and we get to talk to her again today, and I'm really excited. This is the second part of a two-part series where she's addressing how to be compassionate with yourself, and the section we're going to be talking about today is how to be more mindful. And this is addressing this commonly asked question that a lot of guides come to us with, and that's, how do I know when I've done enough? I see everybody around me. They look like they're doing everything right. They look like their lives are perfect. I look at the the messiness of my life, and I just don't feel like I'm there. How do I know when I'm there? And Amy shared beautiful things last week about being compassionate to yourself and about talking to yourself as you would talk to your friend. And she shared with us the three components of self-compassion and how to take a self-compassion break. And one of those steps in those components of self-compassion is mindfulness, which is a topic all in itself I have learned from Amy. I have learned so much about mindfulness from her. She's given me such a different perspective on what it is to be mindful and why I should even want to be mindful. And so I'm really excited, Amy, to finish this series with you today. Thank you for being on. Hi, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. I'm really excited to talk about mindfulness because I think that it is such an important topic for us, um, for all of us. And often there's a misperception about it. And people often think that it's harder than it actually is or that it's more complex than it actually is. So everyone can start today practicing mindfulness. And the good thing about mindfulness is there's never any perfect end goal. So for those of us perfectionists, we we can kind of let go of that perfectionism because there's no expectation that we are going to become perfect at being mindful. We we talk about mindfulness as a practice because it really is meant to be something that we continue to practice, but that we never reach the end goal of becoming perfect at it. So let me begin by just giving you a really simple definition of mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply paying attention to what's happening in the present moment without judgment. So young children tend to be really good at being mindful, right? If we, if we look at our young children and they're engaged in something that's interesting to them, they, they tend not to be thinking about what's going to be happening five minutes from now or 10 minutes from now or next year. And they tend not to be worrying about what happened this morning or what happened last week right? They, they really tend to be able to be focused on what they're playing with right now. But as we get older and become adults, even teenagers, we tend to struggle with staying in the present moment and staying focused on what's happening right now. And even if we are focused on what's happening right now, we often are really judgmental of ourselves, right? That's where our critical voice that we talked about last week comes into play right? Where we might be right now in the present moment, but we might be criticizing ourselves, thinking, why did I do that? Oh my goodness, I'm so bad at this. Why do I keep trying? So instead, we, we need to focus on what's happening right now and just whatever it is, it's okay, right? That I'm struggling with this, but that's okay, right? I, I can't get better at it if I don't keep trying, mm. just like a child, Some good growth mindset right there, Amy. Exactly. Yes. It ties really well in with growth mindset, right? Because our young kids, I often will tell my students that, you know, if, if our, if our young toddlers 
had this critical voice and beat themselves up emotionally every time they fell down when they were trying to learn how to walk, they would never walk. Or talk <laughs> or, or ride talk. a bike or, yeah. yeah. All of these skills, because we see them, they just persevere. They just keep trying and trying. And they're just so focused on what's happening right then and not worrying about, I tried this 10 times yesterday and I failed every time. Nope, doesn't matter, right? We're just gonna, we're gonna keep trying. So as adults, we need to practice being mindful, practice staying present in the moment, in what's happening right now, try not to let ourselves ruminate on things that happened in the past and try not to worry about things that might or might not happen in the future. And I think often when, when we get stuck in that mindset of I'm not doing enough, it's because we're ruminating about the past or we're worrying about the future. So mindfulness can, can help us to you know, get out of that and there are some other benefits as well. It can, it can, the more we practice mindfulness can help us increase our ability to maintain attention and focus, right? So mindfulness strategies are great for kids, for teenagers, for adults, for everyone, because we all need to, <laughs> to be better at maintaining attention in the present moment, right? We're going to, back to our common, common humanity concept right here, right? Yes, exactly, right? So to have increased attention and focus, that's going to help our kids when they're learning, um, learning schoolwork. It's going to help us when we're trying to do something because the, the more we're able to focus on something, the more efficient we're going to be and the more productive, the, the better we're going to be able to do it. Often we can struggle at certain things because we're trying to multitask too much right? We're trying to do too many things or we're, we're worried so much about not getting it right or what might happen in the future that that distracts us from even being able to pay attention to what's happening right now. Mindfulness can also um, help reduce our stress and anxiety. If we look at these young kids, they're not stressed, right? The, the little two, three, four, five-year-olds playing, they're, they're often doing very challenging things for, um, for their developmental level, but they don't have that same stress and anxiety because they're just focusing on what's happening right now. It can even help us to have better emotion regulation skills because we, we're just focusing on what's happening right now rather than ruminating on the past or worrying about the future. It can give us better perspective taking which can lead to increases in empathy, right? To be able to be empathetic, we need to be able to take other people's perspective to really be able to see the situation. Mm. And that can lead us to increase levels of compassion for other people and even increased compassion for ourselves. Absolutely. So as I'm, I'm thinking about this, I think we can't be empathic without being mindful, right? Mm. At least being mindful first about how I'm feeling, Right. right. What am I bringing into this conversation? We have this skill called collaborative problem solving, where if there's a problem that comes up again and again and again, to the point where you can almost predict, okay, I'm, I'm going to say this, or we're going to transition into this, and it's not going to go well, right. right? Then we initiate something called a collaborative problem solving. And the first step is empathy, where mm -hmm. we take the perspective of another. Right. But I would say even before that, if I could have a pre-step to empathy, it would be be mindful of what you're bringing into that, right? right? 
if I'm bringing in a bunch of defensiveness, if my critical mind is just like big in my head and I'm either wanting to fly or I'm wanting to fight and I'm wanting to control, then mm -hmm. nothing else is really going to work if I'm not being aware of myself. So I, I like how that is just bringing that back to mindfulness really needs to be the beginning of, of everything. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of our interactions and that can cause conflict with others um, have to do with us bringing in other things that don't have anything to do with what's happening right now. It may be us thinking every time we get into the situation, it's a struggle. And I brought that in and I'm already assuming there's going to be a struggle. I'm already assuming that things are not going to go well instead of just being mindful and not having any preconceived judgment, just right. focusing on what's actually happening right now. Not what happened last week when we did this, not what may happen in the future, just right now, what's actually happening. And that can definitely also give us the ability to notice when the child we're working with is struggling on something. And so they might be, they might be resisting us transitioning to another activity because they're really enjoying it sure. or because they're struggling and they, they just really want to get it. Mm -hmm. And so if we're more, more mindful and not judgmental and really just focusing on what's happening right here, well, you know what, maybe an extra five minutes on this task is what's needed. Maybe that extra five minutes is going to make the difference. You know, I love that. And I just finished recording an episode talking about finding the learning moments in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And the question we landed upon in that episode was, what am I really trying to do here? And the, the guide that I talked to, she shared this story about her daughter jumping over the balance bar of the trampoline and trying to throw a ball and catch it in the air and, and all just this very complicated sequence the daughter was trying to do. And she wanted to initiate some school time. And so she tried to calling her daughter in and her daughter was, was still focused on this, this task. She wanted to get the sequencing down, right? She didn't want to, she didn't want to stop. She didn't want to give up. It was something important to her. And her initial reaction was, she called it the snowman reaction where she was like, you need to come in now, you know? And, but, but this question of what am I really trying to do here? And just being mindful of what's really happening here. Yeah. My, my daughter is here. She's, She's taken on this huge task. She has a goal. She is working towards this goal and she's trying and failing and trying and failing and she's experimenting right now. And, and if you can be more mindful about that, then you can, you can, you can step into this situation and, and say, and, and start collaborating with her or creating with her, right? Because, right. because in Prenda, we have different sections of the day. One's called collaborate where you're, you're problem solving with other people. You're talking with other people. You're, you're interacting. And then you have this create portion where you're trying to create this end product, which both go so well with what this daughter of hers was trying to do. Right. Um, and so when we can be more mindful about what's happening with our children and what's really happening in our homes and, and, and kind of pulling our stepping back from what we think the day needs to look like and just being aware of what's actually going on, then we can take advantage of those moments and say, Hey, this, this is going to be our create and collaborate today because this is what she's really into right now. Right. Yeah. And, and that can be so valuable to be able to just, you know, this is what's happening. And, and so instead of getting caught up in what should be right, the shoulds, right. Yeah. What should be happening. 
right? How, what should I be doing right now? Well, this is happening and this is, this is amazingly creative and look at all the perseverance that she's, that she's showing. And so how can we, you know, how can we take her perspective and recognize that, you know, this is really what she's interested in right now and release that judgment, right? Right. Focus on what's happening right now, release the judgment. And really that the more we, the more we do this, it's like a muscle, right? So mindfulness, we can think of the practice of mindfulness, like a muscle. The more we practice mindfulness, the better we get at it. Hmm. And so that first time of, you know, working with kids and maybe, you know, wanting to fight the situation. And then the first time you realize, you know, let's, let's just try to be mindful of what's happening right now. It can, it can be hard, but then as you continue to practice it, those moments become easier to notice. Yeah. I can imagine it can be hard and also feel a little awkward at the beginning because you're people who haven't initiated that or sort of gone with the flow. Again, going back to this guide's example, they might feel a little awkward starting that, you Mm -hmm. know? Okay, sure. Let's, let's go with this. Let's go with this of what we're doing right now. And let's see how we can do this in a collaborative or creative way. Right. So, so there's some uncomfortableness in just like the newness of it. It, Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think in general, when we think about mindfulness, the, the hesitation that some people have is because they're not, you know, it's, it's new, right? It's new to many people. And so if we, if we start out, I'll, I have a, a few different um, ways of practicing mindfulness that I wanted to share with you because these are really simple, easy ways that anyone can try and it demystifies it a little bit, right? Sounds that great. We, we can bring it back to really simple, easy things. So one of the, the first things that I always like to start with is this idea of focusing on your breath. The nice thing about breathing is we all do it all day long, right? <laughs> but we often take it for granted, right? When now, when I say focus on your breath, you're noticing that you're breathing. But before, yeah. as we were talking, it's unconscious, right? It, it's a it's a reflex that we have to have in order to stay alive. <laughs> but the nice thing about breathing is we have control. We can control our breath. We can breathe deeper or shallower faster or slower. And that actually affects our physiology. It affects how our sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system. And you probably, most people were told by their mom or grandma, if they were stressed, take a deep breath, right? Take 10 deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And that's often thought of as like, oh, it's an old wives tale or it's, you know, sort of old fashioned information. Nope. It's actually current research is showing that that's great advice to take these slow, deep breaths. So one of the ways we can start by to practice mindfulness is just take 30 seconds or a minute and focus on your breath. So in mindfulness, some of our practices are anchored and some are unanchored. Anchored meaning that there's something that we're focusing on. So in this practice, your breath is your anchor. It's what you're focusing on. When you're first starting mindfulness, it's really helpful to have an anchor, to have something to focus on. And your breath, since it's always with you and you have to do it all the time anyway, and it's really pretty easy for most people to control their breath. Mm -hmm. It's a, a nice thing to practice. So it can be really simple. You can start with 30 seconds or a minute and just notice the breath as it's coming in and out. And it's just as simple as that, right? Like 
You can close your eyes if you want, or you can leave them open. And you're making me sleepy them. just trying to do it, Amy. It's, you're, it's, you're, you're making me want to take a nap right now. Right. It's really relaxing because it a is. lot of these breathing techniques will turn on our parasympathetic nervous system, right? So yes. our sympathetic nervous system is our fight, flight, freeze. And our parasympathetic is kind of our calming system. So these deep breaths or focusing on our breathing turns on our parasympathetic nervous system and calms us down. So if we're feeling really stressed, if we're feeling really anxious or angry or even sad, uh, feeling like we have to run away, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I can't do this. We can just take some deep breaths and just focus on breathing in and breathing out. For some people, it even helps to say, inhale, exhale, right? And, and just try to slow your breathing down a little bit from its normal pace can be helpful. Belly breathing is another another form of this, like diaphragmatic breathing. Okay. And so this is really, it's a form of deep breathing. And it research shows does a really good job of activating your parasympathetic nervous system and calming you down. It's really easy for kids to do. Sometimes it's easier to do if you're lying down or if you're kind of scooched down in your chair rather than sitting up very straight. Sure. Many, many of our other practices, we encourage you to sit up straight so you don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but belly breathing, you know, or diaphragmatic breathing, you're really breathing with your diaphragm. And for kids, we can explain it to them that you're taking a deep breath in, but as you breathe in, you're trying to blow up a red balloon that's in your stomach. It can be any color, but Sometimes with kids, it's fun to you know give it a color, right? Sure. Have a red balloon or a blue balloon in your stomach, in your belly. And as you take a deep breath, the balloon inflates, right? It gets mm. big. And as you um, let the air out, that balloon deflates. It gets smaller. So that's that's another one. That, like I said, it can be a little easier when you're first starting to do that if you're lying down. Um, because then it's sort of easier to breathe with your diaphragm. Most of us, many of us are chest breathers. And so that can take a little bit longer to, to learn, to be comfortable doing it, but it's really relaxing. So what do you think, what might be some of the, the hesitation, do you think, from some people about trying mindfulness? Well, I can tell you what some of my hesitations were before meeting you, Amy. <gasps> one of them, one of them was, um, I just always related mindfulness to like really deep transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm not saying anything against deep meditation, but it just seemed really hard. Right. You know? It seemed like, Oh man, I'm going to have to take a course on this. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to block out 45 minutes of my day to do this. You know, right. I think another hesitation would be again, just, just this takes so much time in, in, going into this and not knowing about mindfulness, this is going to take a lot of time. I've got little kids that are needing me. Um, how am I going to take, again, 45 minutes of my time to do this? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so for me, I guess my two big hesitations were it's going to be hard and it's going to take a long time. Right. Yep. And those are really common ones. And so some people do get to the point where they do mindfulness or meditation. So mindfulness and meditation are slightly different. Some meditations do incorporate mindfulness, but some meditations have a different, a different goal or a different perspective. But you can start out really small and you can see benefits to your ability to pay attention in the moment without judgment, even with really small increments of time. And so that's what I like to encourage people is don't feel like you have to block out 30 minutes or 45 minutes. 
start with a minute, start right. with 30 seconds, right? If you need to do 30 seconds and that's all you can spare, that's fine. <laughs> start with that. I think that the concern about being hard often is people will say, my mind it races so much, there's no way I could stay focused. So the, the nice thing, what going back to what I said at the beginning, is that it's a practice. It's we're not meant to achieve any level of perfection where our mind is blank and empty and we don't think about any anything else and we don't get distracted. That's not even the goal, right? The goal is to practice. And when you have that anchor, let's say your anchor is your breath, that we're focusing on breathing in and out. And maybe we try to do it for a minute and maybe about 45 seconds in, we get distracted by a noise we hear or we our stomach grumbles and we think, oh, I forgot to eat breakfast. You know, so we can get distracted by these internal sensations we have in our body or from external things or just a thought coming into our head about something that we have to do later today mm-hmm. or something that we forgot to do. And that's totally fine with mindfulness. There's no expectation that that doesn't happen. The goal is to catch yourself when your mind moves from the present moment. That's the whole goal. Be able to catch yourself. And the more you practice, the quicker you will be able to catch yourself, your mind wandering, right? So you'll be able to catch your mind wandering, and then you can bring it back to whatever that anchor is, right? So, oh, I started thinking about what I have to do later today. Breathe in, breathe out, right? And you might be doing it over and over and over again, and that's okay. I love that. I love that idea of... um again, being compassionate with yourself, like there's no judgment. I'm not judging myself because my mind is wandering, Nope. right? Just acknowledging it. Oh, my mind wandered. Let's go back to the breath. Right. And as I'm thinking about mindfulness and and as I'm applying it to my life and thinking of what it could do for my life, I think it would just make my life richer, Mm -hmm. right? Where I'd I'd be able to see the beauty around me better and not be lost in my thoughts of future things. I've got to do this. I'm worried about this or getting lost in thoughts of past things, right? I shouldn't have done that. That was dumb. Oh, I'm really worried about what I did there, you know, and it's just being present and and seeing, truly seeing what's happening around you. And and don't we want that? Don't we want to see the beauty around us and notice it and just be aware of it and and see the beauty of of our, our students around us? We have this skill that we call energizing greatness, where we want to see and notice the great things that our students are doing mm-hmm. all, all around us and say, Hey, I just noticed that you took a deep breath and you tried that math problem again. Right. You are really working hard and you're determined to reach your goal today. I just want you to notice that. Right. Or and, I just and, wanted to notice that. And, and you can't do that if you're not being mindful. Exactly. Yeah. If you are, if you're lost in thoughts about the past or the, or the future, it's so much harder to notice what's happening with the students. And, and so that the more we practice this mindfulness, the better we are able to be fully present, fully with what's happening right now. And like you said, it really does, it really can enrich our lives. It can enrich others. As you were talking, it reminded me of another practice that, that again is pretty easy. It's a great one to start out with. It's just mindful walking, right? So if it feels too passive to sit and focus on your breathing, right? For many people, they feel, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to, even for a minute. Nope, I don't want to do that. Sure. Take a mindful walk. You could even do this with your students, right? That we're, we're walking and we're going to 
we're just going to be focused on what we see, what we hear, what we smell, maybe even what we taste, right? Maybe there's along the way, there's something. There's a honeysuckle bush. Exactly. One of those. We always have to taste one. Yes. And so, you know, again, I keep going back to this idea that young kids are so good at being mindful, right? When young kids are going for a walk, they truly, they're looking at the ground for that rock, right? Oh, oh, look at this rock. Look how beautiful it is. And, you know, they're just in the moment. So take some time to practice just walking with the goal of just seeing what you can notice, because often we miss so much beauty that's around us because we're lost in our thoughts and you'll still get lost in your thoughts for, you know, part of the walk and that's okay. But, you know, as, as you notice that, oh, my mind has wandered. I've stopped paying attention to what the ground feels underneath my feet or what I, you know, the beautiful bushes that are blooming now or what, you know, what uh, the birds that are chirping. I've stopped noticing that. And I'm thinking about lunch. (laughs) Yes. And so then you can just say, that's okay. Let's look at the, you know, focus on the walk again. So it's just being non-judgmental with yourself, being compassionate with yourself. It's totally human, right? It's going to happen. If we expect to happen and we sort of give ourselves permission to get distracted, then it doesn't feel as difficult when it does. Sure. We're in good company when we remember our common humanity, right? Hey, I got distracted. All right, let's let's refocus ourselves. Right. And as you're as you're sharing this, Amy, I'm I'm just going thinking about what you said at the beginning that this is like a muscle. Exactly. And I can't think of anybody who doesn't want more beauty and happiness and wonder in their lives, right? I I I have trained hundreds of Prenda guides who've come into Prenda, and I have yet to meet one who doesn't want a better connection with themselves and a better connection with their students, right? And so this idea that if we can start small, taking taking minutes, taking a minute, taking a half a minute, or going on a walk and trying to be mindful, it's encouraging for me to know that I can get better at this, that I'm not born with it or without it. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me that it's hard for me to be mindful. It's just a skill that I haven't practiced yet, just like piano, right? It would be bonkers for me to sit at a piano and expect me to be able to play at Carnegie Hall that day, right? Right. <laughs> right? That that just wouldn't make any logical sense. And so this idea that mindfulness is just like a skill like that, where we can start small mm-hmm. and practice. And with regular practice at being mindful, we can get better at it. Exactly. Do you have any recommendations for how to teach this to children? Sure. So, so there, there are some really simple, I would say, start, start with the simple techniques, right? So start with, start with, we're going to focus on our breathing for, you know, for a minute and we're going to allow them, give them the choice. If you want to close your eyes to sort of reduce the distraction that you might see that might be around you. That's one of the reasons why we close our eyes is to help reduce some of the visual distraction. So I would say, you know, together we're going to breathe in and breathe out. And so I think, you know, just doing it with them, modeling it for them is really good. There, there's a technique that is really helpful for kids, makes a lot of sense um, for kids if they're feeling anxious or stressed, is to use their hand and take their index finger on the other hand and then think about their hand as a series of mountains and valleys. Hmm. And, and so we breathe in as we're going up the mountain 
And then we breathe out as we're going down the mountain. And so just have them like physically trace going, breathing in and breathing out on their hand. It slows their breathing down because they're trying to focus also on tracing their hand. Um, and a great idea. And it's very concrete, right? It's this yes. idea. And that's again, what the balloon with the belly breathing, right? They, they have sort of this concrete idea, this, this something that they can visualize. So those are some, some nice ones. You can obviously really easily go on, on a mindful walk with them and model how you do that. There are some free um, mindfulness apps that I really love that you can download on your phone or your com- on your computer. One of them that, that is really geared towards working with children is called the Smiling Mind. And the Smiling Mind is nice because it has different age categories. And so there are different mindfulness practices geared at different ages or different grade levels. And so they'll slightly tweak the wording that they use or how complex the practice is based on how old the child is. And so those can be really nice ones. My other favorite app is the Calm app. The Calm app is great. It has some mindfulness practices on there. It also has bedtime stories that can be really great for children and adults. They have some for both. So those of us whose mind races at night about all the things that we need to be doing or should have done that day, you can play the, you know, the story of your choice. Some are fictional, some are non-fictional. Play the story of your choice and it will just turn off when the story's over. And most of the time you're asleep because you're that focus on the beautiful story, like, you know, like your mom reading to you at night before you go to bed. <laughs> I love that. I've often thought, man, I, it sounds so great. I, I, I read to my kids. I try to read to my kids quite often and mm-hmm. it it's such a relaxing thing for them. I often think I would just want someone to read to me so I right. can just listen to a story. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend the Calm app or the Smiling Mind. There's, there's several others. So these aren't the only ones, but, you know, try them out. They can be helpful, especially for people who are just learning mindfulness themselves. It can be helpful to, to try out some of these apps. Most of them are free to download. Sometimes there can be a little bit of a charge if you want full access, but they're nice and easy to try and, you know, give yourself a little confidence and then you can work to, to incorporate it with the kids. I love that, Amy. Thank you so much for everything you shared today. I, I just, as we as we talked about mindfulness today, I could just see its relevancy in so many things that we're trying to do with our guides, especially with the collaborative problem solving and the energizing greatness and, and really the, the empathy as well. It's just, I need to be mindful of myself and what I'm bringing into this before I can take the perspective of someone else. So it, it seems like a like a very foundational, critical skill. You taught it in such a beautiful and clear way. And I'm really excited for those apps that will help us teach these skills to our students. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to, to be on this podcast and have the opportunity to just chat with you. Thank you, Amy. And I hope this isn't the last time we hear from you. I hope we can have you come back on as, as more seasons come down the line, that we can hear more from you and, and all of your goodness and wisdom for us. Bye. I would be happy to come back. Thank you, Amy. And just as a reminder to all our listeners, the opinions and comments shared in this podcast are not the official opinions and comments of Prenda. The purpose of this podcast is to continue an ongoing conversation about education and empowerment. If you would like to continue this conversation with us in person, join our lunch and chat every Thursday at 12 p.m. Arizona time. Everyone is welcome. 
And make sure you stay in tune for more episodes coming up. We've got some really great interviews coming up. We've got an interview with Adventure Kate and Ali Flincham, who are our reading and writing experts in Prenda. We also have a really great episode on how to find autonomy and still have boundaries and connection with Annie Martineau. And we have so much more coming. So stay in tune for next time. See you then.